are you one of those people that makes those kind of noises? <laughs> we want to just say that we're uh, really excited about the response to our cry for help. There's so much work that needs to be done. And if you don't know it yet, the church is a volunteer organization. It's, it's uh, driven by God and fueled by volunteers. And so we need you to truly sign up to serve. Now, I want to ask you a simple question this morning. And uh, here it goes. How do you think that God's love is brought to a broken, hurting, dark world? Think about that for a moment. How do you think God's love is brought to a broken, dark, and hurting world? Some people think that somehow God will just magically send down lightning bolts from heaven and solve problems and show his love. Some people think that, well, we, we, uh, we need rich people to show up and, and give a little bit of their wealth. If the rich would just share some of their wealth, things would be much better. Some people think that it's, it's the priests and the pastors that, uh, and the nuns. It's their job to make sure that God's love is shown to a, a world that's full of darkness, full of pain, full of hurt. Some people think it's paid staff. People need to be paid to go and do this kind of work. What do you say? What do you think? How do you think God's love is brought to a, a broken and hurting world? Because a lot of people will say that. Where's God in the midst of this darkness? Where's God in the midst of this pain and suffering? There's a great little poem that I heard years ago. I want to share it with you. And um, I'm going to probably have to read it to you twice because you probably won't get it the first time. But it's a poem about four characters. And the characters' names are these. Somebody, everybody, anybody, and nobody. Somebody, everybody, nobody, and anybody. So here's how it goes. There was one important job to be done. Everybody was sure that somebody would do it. But nobody did it. Somebody got angry about it because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody could do it. Nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. Should I do it again? Maybe I'll catch it this time. There was one important job to be done. I'll stop before I go any further and recognize that there's an important job to be done in this world. And the job is to bring love, the love of God, to a broken, dark, and hurting world. There's an important job to be done. Everybody was sure that somebody would do it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about it because it was everybody's job, and everybody thought anybody could do it. Nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. It ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. Now, I want you to recognize something today, and it's this. Nothing great in this world ever happens unless somebody steps up to say, let me help. Let me serve. Let me do what I can to help with the problem. Let me do what I can do to bring love to this dark, broken, 
hurting world. So the question, again, is who do you think, or how do you think, God's love is brought to a broken world? And the answer is this. It's the person sitting beside you. Look at the person beside you. It's their job to bring God's love to a broken and hurting world. Now, some of you were quite surprised. And those of you who are really sharp understand today that the one I'm really talking about is you. You're the one. When people wonder, where is God? I'm going to tell you where God is. God is is here. Wanting to use you and me to bring his love to a dark and broken and hurting world. The question is this, is will you sign up for service? Will you do what Jesus said that we're supposed to do? You know, we have been asking now for some time for people to sign up. In fact, it's something we've always done here. We've always asked people, please sign up to serve. Please, please do what you can to help us out here. We've got lots of work to do. More work than paid staff can possibly do. Remember, this church is driven by God, but it's fueled by volunteers. So somebody asked, I don't know, Pastor, how you got the nerve to ask people who are very busy, how do you have the nerve to ask them to sign up to serve? I mean, they're already so busy. Really, do you really want to put that kind of pressure on them? And my answer is I've got no problem asking. I'm a busy person. I work full-time. Gloria works full-time. Our kids are all busy in school, but our whole family, all five of us, all serve here and happily. Here's what I know for sure. Is that those who take seriously the call to follow Jesus Christ, take seriously his call to serve. In fact, Jesus makes it clear to us throughout the New Testament, he makes it very clear to us, that in order to serve Jesus, in order to follow Jesus, you have to be a servant. If you would, look at this passage of Scripture. And this is the tail end of a metaphor that Jesus uses to help us understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. By the way, what's another term for follower of Jesus Christ? Christian. So if you want to know what a Christian is, here's what it is. Now, here's what I do know. I know a lot of people say, I'm a Christian. I'm from a Christian background. But can I tell you, there's a big difference between being a cultural Christian and being a real Christian. Now, did I offend anybody this morning? I hope so. (laughs) I want you to stop and really think about this. Because there's a lot of people who are cultural Christians, but don't don't have a clue what it means to, to be a real follower of Jesus Christ. For those of you who are cultural Christians, what I'm saying to you today really won't make a whole lot of sense. But for those of you who are really serious about following Jesus Christ and being his disciple, then what I've got to share with you today is is the meat and the bones. It's, it's the real thing. It's what, what it really means to be a Christ follower. And so here's what Jesus says. The servant, that's you and me, those of you who are followers of Christ, the servant who knows his, what his master wants and ignores it, or instantly, insolently doesn't do what he ple- does whatever he pleases, sorry, my eyesight's going here, will be thoroughly thrashed, 
Great gifts mean great responsibilities. Greater gifts, greater responsibilities. Let me go read that one more time and see if I can get it right. The servant who knows what his master wants and ignores it or insolently does whatever he pleases will be thoroughly thrashed. Great gifts mean great responsibilities. Greater gifts, greater responsibilities. Now, I've got to say, as I read that and I'm, as I'm hearing those words, um, I'm, I'm hearing them through the, through the ears of somebody maybe who's not familiar with the Bible, maybe has never gone to church before, and they're thinking, man, that sounds, that sounds pretty harsh. Well, can I just say this? This is, for, this is for those who call themselves followers of Christ, okay? Those who are not followers of Christ, you know, this doesn't apply. But for those of you who say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, this really applies. What Jesus is saying is that there will be a time of judgment. There will be an accounting for what you did or didn't do as a believer. Now, I'm going to tell you this. There's a lot of people who say when it comes to the church, the church is full of, yeah, that's right, hypocrites. And you know what? Lots of times you're right. Because here's what, here's what I know, is that we who are supposed to be servants, we who have been called to serve as Jesus served, we so often don't. In fact, we are more caught up with our own wants, with our own wishes, with our own desires, with our own needs. We don't really care about others. And then we wonder why people who do not profess any kind of faith, who don't talk about being a Christian, they look at us and call us a bunch of hypocrites. And we have to admit, yeah, yeah, they're right. Now, what about you? Jesus makes it very clear that you and I have a responsibility to serve. It's who we are. It's what we do. I want to tell you this. Those who are followers of Jesus Christ, those who profess to be Christians... We have a responsibility to help in the advancement of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of light overcoming the kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of hope and health and healing overcoming the kingdom of darkness and death. Folks, listen to me. This is what it means to be a Christian. You are on board with this work of advancing the kingdom of God. This is why we're sending people off to Burundi and off to Costa Rica. This is why Dennis... Dennis Weave is, is doing a, a, a village in Burundi. This is why Pam and her husband, a doctor at Seven Oaks Hospital, why they're going off to Burundi. Why? Because they're going to drive back the kingdom of darkness and bringing hope and light in its place. Now, I want to just point out something to you today, and this might come as a shock. But you and I, who call ourselves Christians, you and I are defined by the word Servant. You and I are a servant. I said that to somebody once. I said, you know what? I just want to say, you know, how much you blessed me. And I want to say, you are such a servant. And this person got so angry at me. They really were offended because they thought what I was saying to them was that they were somehow below me, that I was above them. They were, the, they were my servant. They were, they were somehow not equal to me. They're very offended by that. And I had to explain to them, look at. I was trying to compliment you. I was trying to tell you how wonderful you are. And they said, well, you've got a strange way of saying it. But I said, can I remind you that Jesus Christ calls himself a servant? That's what Jesus said, right? Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but he came to what? To serve and be a ransom for many. He came to die on the cross. 
He came to serve us. So when I call somebody a servant, I'm paying them the highest compliment. What I'm saying is, you remind me of Jesus. Now, can you think of a higher compliment than that? But you see, you would be offended if you didn't understand that serving is the greatest calling in in the world. And I'm going to tell you this. It's the thing that brings you the greatest joy and happiness. You show me somebody who's happy, and I'm going to show you somebody who's either insane or is serving. Show me somebody with a smile on their face. I'm going to show you somebody who understands the joy and the honor and the privilege of serving others. So I want to ask you the question today. Are you serving? Have you signed up to serve? What are you doing for the cause of Christ? What are you doing to drive back the kingdom of darkness? You see, what most of us don't understand is that God has us in this world to be a light in the midst of darkness, to bring hope in the midst of depression and hopelessness, to bring healing where there's sickness and sadness. Folks, that's our job. And the only way that we can impact this world is if we sign up to serve, if we do whatever we can to make a difference. It was really, really uh, wonderful yesterday. I don't know if anybody's noticed some of the changes around here. Some major demolition here and some major building there and in the other room here. I was, I was in the church early, earlier yesterday and uh, uh, feeling a little bit stressed out by all the work that had to be done. And I came into the gymnasium there. And I see someone bend over and they're, they're building something, building a wall, hammering something together. And I said, hello. And this person looks up and smiles at me. And it's Nick. Nick Hack. Big smile on his face. How are you doing? Doing great. What are you doing? Just building this wall here. Now, I'm singling Nick out because, you know, he hasn't been around here that long. But there's a guy with a great big smile on his face, happy to serve. And then I was back, I was out in the atrium here, making, having discussions with Dennis and and a few others discussing what has to happen in terms of the building there and what's going to happen in there. and Deep discussion, and I don't know if I had a frown on my face, but all of a sudden I see Jared's face pop up in the cafe, the great big grin on his face. And I actually, I can tell you this, after going through the gym and, and seeing Nick working his tail off, big smile on his face, into the atrium and seeing Jared with a big smile on his face, I thought to myself, man, what a joy and a privilege it is to be part of a team of people who understand the thrill of serving. Just before everybody left the building, Brenda Barrett came in and said, Pastor Alan, would you like a muffin? I said, sure. I thought she was going to hand me a muffin. But she doesn't just have a muffin. She has various kinds. She's got cheese. She's got, uh, she's got fruit. She's got raisin bran. I said, I better have a raisin bran. I need one. <laughs> I thought, man, you know, this is pretty cool. I mean, this woman doesn't just uh, just prepare the stuff she likes. She prepares for every eventuality, even towards the pastor's good health, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and before she left, she says again, dude, would you, like, would you like another muffin? I'd say, sure, make it another raisin bread. 
She doesn't just have me a raisin bran. She hands me a raisin bran plus a cheese one and plus another. I can't remember what the other one is. There's all kinds of them there. Serving. She wasn't asking for money for it. She didn't ask. She didn't want money. But there to serve. Listen to me. The only way that you can really understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ is if you understand that it's all about serving. The alternative word for Christian is, in fact, servant. In fact, I'm going to really, really blow your mind. If you're uh, maybe from a different religious background, this is going to shock you. But did you know that everybody who is, in fact, called a Christian is, in fact, a priest? Look at the person beside you. Now, does that look like a priest? That woman that doesn't have a beard? <laughs> or maybe a little bit? <laughs> look at it. Listen, listen, listen. All of us, listen to it, listen. All of us, the Bible tells us, are priests. I can prove it to you. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And here's, here's a description of Christians. Ready? It says this. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation. Did you, did you miss that? You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Do you get that? It's fantastic. What do we mean by priest, by the way? Very simply, a priest is somebody who ministers. Somebody who ministers is somebody who's serving. That's, that's what it is. I'm, you know, you call me Pastor Allen. I mean, what, is, what are we talking about here, folks? I'm just the servant here. I'm the chief servant. I'm the one that should be working the hardest of anybody. But I serve. I'm here to serve you. That's my job. But I'm here to serve you because, first and foremost, I'm a Christian. Now, what you need to understand today is that as a, as a, 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 as a royal priesthood, That's what you and I are, as royal priests. That's what it says. You and I are called to serve, to serve the Lord Jesus Christ by serving others. Now, again, we'll ask the question, how do you think that the love of God is brought to a broken and hurting world? It's through his priests, through you and me. You and I are ministers. You and I are called by God to go and bring his love, his hope, his healing to a broken and hurting world. Did you know that the early church was marked like that? It was marked by serving? In fact, by the time you get to Acts chapter 6, after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, by the time you get to chapter 6, the church has been working so hard at serving people that those who are the preachers and the teachers are saying, listen, you know what? We have got to give ourselves to the preaching of the Word because that's our calling. That's how we serve. And so what we need to do is we need to appoint servants who will, in fact, serve the people who are in need. And that's what they did. So what they did is they appointed people which we call deacons. Has anybody ever heard the term deacon? Now, in some denominations, uh, the deacons are ordained, and it's a real position of prestige and honor. I am a deacon of this church. Now, before you get too uppity here, let me just remind you what the word deacon means. Deacon is diakonos, a Greek word which simply means servant. You are, in fact, called to serve if you are a deacon. You are called to be administration, administrator of, of 
all the, all the resources that are needed for those who are poor and in need. Do you understand that this is what the church is? We're, we're, we're supposed to all be serving. This is why we've got tables at the back and why we've got slips that you can fill in to help you do what Jesus has called you to do. Now, some of you may, uh, may or may not know this, but around the world, most of the universities and most of the, the hospitals that were established in, in, in third world countries were established by Christians. Did you know that? No other religious group felt that calling. And I'll tell you why. Because the thing that's distinct about Christianity is that we go to serve people. We go to care for people. We go to make life better for people. That's where we send out missionaries. And I've heard the, the nonsense from the, uh, you know, the sociologists who say, uh, or the anthropologists who say, you know, Christianity has gone to destroy cultures. We don't destroy cultures. We save cultures. We make cultures better. We go and help people. We, we go and help women who are being destroyed by, by a culture that says women are second-class citizens. I don't know if you know that. We go into a culture that says everybody needs to be educated, not just boys. We go into cultures that says everybody needs to be treated equally. Do you know that this, this, this notion of equality, this, this notion of caring for the poor and needy, this notion that, that men and women are equal, that there are no second-class citizens, that there is no caste system, this is a Christian notion, this is a Christian idea. It's a Christians going to serve a broken and dark and hurting world to change this world, to make it a better place. My question to you today is, what are you doing? What are you doing to make this a better place, a better world? Jesus says this, I've come to serve. And you may have remembered a couple weeks ago, Mark spoke about Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. And here's what Jesus says. Now that I've washed your feet and set for you an example, do what I have done. And he says this, he says, no, no one is greater than his master. So if Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, is a servant of all people, guess what you and I are called to do? You and I are called to serve as well. We're to go and make a difference in this dark, broken, and hurting world. Do you know, there was a time when the church was the number one growing religion in the world. It was growing because it was... It was a servant. It had a servant heart. At the core of Christianity, is, is, is it was servanthood. Today, do you want to know what the largest and fastest growing religion in the world is? Not the largest yet, but it's the fastest growing religion in the world. It's Islam. Anybody ever heard of that? Those, those were the ones that flew airplanes into the Twin Towers. It was a Muslim on the streets of London just a, maybe a week or two ago who slaughtered in day, broad daylight, slaughtered a young man who was uh, a member of the military. You see, the thing that's making a difference is that whereas Christians were at one time willing to lay down their lives and caring for and meeting the needs of others, we're not willing to do that anymore. But Muslims are. Now I'm going to tell you this. We, we drove back the, the kingdom of darkness, folks, not through violence. We did it through love. Through willingness to serve. 
your willingness to make a difference in this dark, broken, and hurting world. I wondered this morning what you're willing to do to drive the darkness back. Are you willing to serve? I'm going to tell you this. Every bit of service in the kingdom and for the kingdom makes a difference in this dark world. My question to you today is this. Are you willing to serve? You see, it's not an option just to come to church on Sunday, fill a chair, and you see, do you be kind to God day this Sunday, just sort of do your duty. No, you're called to be a full-time servant, willing and ready and able to do whatever needs to be done. The question is this, will you use the giftings that God's given you? Because here's what, here's what Jesus says, great gifts mean great responsibilities and greater gifts, greater responsibilities. Are you willing to lay down your life? Are you willing to make a difference? Because I know this, there's a great deal of Muslims who are willing to lay down their lives for what they believe. What are you willing to do? Jesus only asked you to come and serve. What are you doing these days? How are you serving? You know, the Pope, when, I don't know, does everybody know we got a new Pope? Pope Francis. And uh, when he came to office, everybody was watching him with eagle eye to see what he would be like, what would he do. And he really shocked everybody. When it came time to put on his new mink cape, his ermine-trimmed cape, he says, nah, not for me. Oh, it's amazing. Pope won't wear mink. Came time to ride in his new limousine, he said, nah, I'm going to ride on the bus with the boys. And he was, whoa, this is amazing. The Pope refuses to ride... In a limousine, he's riding with the boys on the bus. This is amazing. And then when it came time to sit on his new throne as the new pope, he said, nah, I'm not going to sit on a throne. I'm just going to come and stand with my, with my brothers, and I'm going to shake their hand. See, in the, in the Roman Catholic tradition is that when there's a new pope, the cardinals come by and they pledge their, pledge their allegiance to the new pope, kiss his ring, kiss whatever. And... Uh, Recognize who he is. Nah, not having any of that. When it came time to wash the feet of the cardinals or the bishops, he says, nah, I'm going to go wash the feet of some prisoners. Some people who are in darkness, who are broken and hurting. I'm going to go wash the feet of some women, some poor, some Muslims, some Muslim women. Everyone was shocked at this. Everyone's shocked because this, this is a new thing. Never seen anything like this. Can I just remind everybody that what Pope Francis did is not the exception, but it should be the norm. This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, is you humbly, humbly serve. Not looking for special prestige or special recognition, but recognizing that you are a servant. Now, I want you to know something today. Everyone here is a servant. And everyone here who is called to follow Jesus Christ has got to find his or her place of service. 
We've got tables set up at the back, and I'm inviting you, before you leave here today, to sign up to serve. Even if you don't know what it is that you want to do or how to serve, but you're saying, you know, Pastor Allen, I, I don't know what to do, but I want to do something. Even if it's to come swing a hammer, paint a wall, tape, do electrical work, whatever, great. I came in here yesterday, and there was Roy rearranging the spaghetti on the wall, the wires. I look at that, and my mind goes numb. But somehow Roy looks at it, and he knows what everything is and packs it all back into the wall again, and everything works. Except for that plug over there, Roy. That plug over there didn't work. Tried vacuuming up after yesterday, and it didn't work. Afterward. What are you doing to serve? What are you doing to help? Someone said, well, I'm too old to help. Excuse me. I don't see anything, any footnotes in my Bible that says, you're too old to serve. After age whatever, you don't have to serve anymore. It doesn't say that. And there are no footnotes or caveats in my Bible that say that you have to be a certain age to sign up to serve. You, you could serve at any age. It was amazing. We came into the church last Saturday, and, and there's Isaac, young Isaac, Dennis Barrett's son. And he's got something there, he's hammering, and he's got the vacuum, he's vacuuming. And I said, what are you doing here? He says, well, I'm renovating the building. <laughs> Stupid pastor, sorry. <laughs> of course you're renovating the building. It doesn't say that he's too young to do that. And you don't have to have, you don't have, to have a special education. You don't have to be, go to Bible school to be a servant. You don't, have to, you, you, you don't have to have certain wages or certain education level. All you have to do is sign up to say, God, here am I. Use me. I'm going to tell you this. The essence of Christianity, the essence of being a Christian is that you serve. Now listen, this fall, we've got exciting things coming. There's lots of places that we need people to serve and we need you to sign up. Sign up and tell us what you want. If we've got, if on that list there's something that, that you want to do that actually is not on the list, then write it down. Say, this is what I want to do, Pastor. We'll do what we can to help you serve. But I need, I need everybody to sign up. I need you to show up for duty. You say, Pastor, I'm, I'm not in great health. I don't know what I could do. Sign up. I've got stuff for you to do. I know what I'm called to do. Do you know what you're called to do? I can tell you, what, and I'm doing it. I do it on a regular basis. Here's, here's what it, the Bible tells me I'm supposed to do as your pastor. Ephesians 4.12 says, And the pastors and the teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. That's my job. My job is to equip you and give you opportunities to serve. That's why we have the sign-up kiosks. This is why we are going through this series. Because my job is to make sure that I help you do what God wants you to do. Because here's what I know from what, what we're reading here in the, on the, from the scriptures this morning. Someday, you're going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to ask you, what did you do to serve? How did you serve? And I'm going to be standing there beside you, and I'm going to be looking out of the corner of my eye, and I'm going to be saying this. See, I told you. We'll be standing before Christ, and I'm going to say, see, I told you. You'll have to give an account. 
Great, great gifts mean great responsibilities. Greater gifts means greater responsibilities. What are you doing to serve? You say, but Pastor Allen, you're paid to do to serve. Listen, I, one thing you, everybody needs to know here is that our staff are, in fact, paid to be staff. But what a lot of people don't know is that part of the hours that we have agreed to work includes a number of volunteer hours. So there's, no, there's not a double standard here. The standard that we ask you to hold to is a standard that we hold to. We work our 40 hours a week, and then we do an awful lot more than that to serve you. So my question today is this. What are you doing to drive back the forces of darkness? What are you doing to make this a better world? What are you doing to bring light and hope and healing? To a dark and hurting world. So here's what you need to know. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. It's your responsibility. And you need to be able to answer that question. Because someday you're going to have to give an account to God. And for some of you. That's maybe not too far away. What are you going to say to the Lord? Because you will give an account. Would you stand with me please? Lord Jesus, we pray right now for the grace and the strength and the help that we need to get signed up for service. We know that someday, God, we will give an account for what we do, what we don't do. We want to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Father, we need to recognize today our own personal responsibility. It's my responsibility to make this a better world. God, help us not to get, up in the, get caught up in the, in the notion that it's somebody else's job. Help us to recognize today it's my job, my responsibility. It's my responsibility to make this a better place, a better world, better family, better community, better workplace. It's my job. Help me today, God. Help each one here. And so we give you thanks for your grace and for your strength and for the many gifts that you've given to each one here. In Jesus' name. And everyone said it with me? Amen. Tell someone beside you, go sign up to serve. <laughs>